Jerry Agar in for John Moore today and next week as well. Deb Hutton is in for me, but she's also here for the morning brief. Good morning. Good morning. It's all very confusing, Jerry. What is? It just, you know. Life? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Life for sure. Well, Absolutely. go ahead, Deb. I'm listening. <laughs> I'll, I'll be Frazier here for a moment. Um, yeah, I, I did a segment a little earlier about how uh, I get conflicted by stories in the news. Like, which which agenda do we have? Is it this story? Yeah. You know, people are angry about this. But then if you characterize it this way, they're not angry. It's just life is confusing. You're going to talk to Pierre Poliev today. I am. Yeah, looking forward to it. All right. You'll be talking about uh, crime. It's kind of interesting because we keep being told that violent crime is down in Toronto. It doesn't feel that way, but Stats Canada says it's up in Canada. Yeah, so double the number of shootings over the last seven years, which coincides with the election of our current Liberal government. Whether you can absolutely connect those two things, I think a lot of people have been. Well, uh, I, I don't know if I would connect it that something they did, but it's something that they won't do and, uh, and, and resisted when Harper tried to do something about it. And it's this turnstile system that we have. Yeah. And I don't understand that I'm not a liberal. I don't understand the prime minister's absolute reluctance to talk about, you know, tough on crime issues. Because whether you're a liberal in, in many parts of this country or a conservative or a socialist, I think people are concerned. Now, how you attack some of these things differs among party members, but he doesn't even seem to want to talk about it, which I don't understand. Well, yeah, I don't think concern about violence in the streets and on subways and places like that is a, that's not a partisan issue. No, exactly. As I said, how you yeah. fix it, what you, what your plan is to fix it is. But he just seems absolutely reluctant to talk about anything other than gun control, which, as we all know, is super divisive. And ineffective. Um, okay, and but along that line, Toronto Police Union is upset with the lack of concern from City Hall, they feel, on violence against police. So I know you're having the uh, association head on, I think, later this morning, Jerry. Yeah, 7.05. 7.05. So my question is, has the mayor not reached out to the police generally? Has she reached out to the chief, to DEMQ? Or she not reached out to anybody because it's outrageous if she hasn't made a call on any of these incidents. If it's that she's reached out to the chief but not the association, I kind of get that. So my question is, has she reached out to anyone? Okay. Well, she's kind of one of those defend the police people, isn't she? Yeah, she had to step down from the Toronto Police Services Board because uh, of her sort of anti-police bias when she was a councillor and and marched up to Queen's Park and was upset with how they were handling a protest at the time. And, and so she had to apologize and step down. So that's why I say if she has not reached out on these incidents with police to the chief... That is outrageous. If it's the association, I get it. I, I, I get. She's her not ob on that. obligated to call the union. I don't think she's so. an NDP. Or you think she'd be cozying up to a union? Don't think they're her kind of union, Jerry. No, because they're police. All right. Well, yes. At seven o five, I will be talking to TPA President John Reed. Ontario Liberals had a good day yesterday. They maintained their seat in Scarborough that had been vacated by Mitzi Hunter, and they picked up a new one in the Ottawa area where a Liberal had stepped down or uh, where uh, 
Yes, some, she did. Uh, and and uh, so now they're, they're, they're no longer the minivan party, Mike was pointing out <laughs> earlier, because they have nine members now, but they're not an official party. No, you have to have, given the size of the legislature today, you have to have 12. It used to be eight was the bar. And then when the legislature got bigger, of course, the, the threshold for having party status, which means you get taxpayer money, you get offices and staff and some of those things. So it is a big deal, uh, but they're, they're a long way away from that. Okay, but does the fact that... Uh, uh, it's maybe not a shock that they maintained in Scarborough. That was won by Andrea Hazel, and she's going to join me at 7.35 this morning, so we'll meet her, the new member for Scarborough Guildwood. Um, but they did pick up a seat, stole one from the Conservatives. Should they see, uh, is that momentum for the Liberals, or are we so far from an election it doesn't really make any difference? You know, a couple things, Jerry. First of all, I was surprised that the Conservatives lost both. I thought they had a real shot at both. Not, okay. not a given, not a this is an upset or anything, but I, I did think it was it was would be much closer than it was. Uh, Gary Crawford lost by a thousand votes, yeah, with a, a turnout of like twenty plus percent, not much at all. That's a significant pounding, unfortunately, and I actually was surprised with that. Less so probably in Ottawa. Um, so that's the first point. Second point is it, it is pretty common for by-elections with incumbent governments, particularly one that's in its second term, for people to to say, hey, you know, this is my vote to show my displeasure without changing anything major at Queen's Park. So on one hand, I'm surprised. On the other hand, nobody should be either, you know, ra- waving their hands in the air nor clutching their pearls. I don't understand, and I'm going to ask Andrea Hazel this. Why would you want to run and uh, put your effort into being a member of provincial parliament with a party? Party that has no official status. Like, you can talk all you want about what you think you're going to accomplish. You won't be able to do anything. They have, uh, uh, in, realistically, they have no more power than the Greens, and the Greens are only like one member. Yeah, I don't see it that way. I mean, it, people it, people should go into public service to serve their communities, which means, for in her case, Scarborough Guildwood. Okay. And there's lots happening there. I mean, just look at the fact that they no longer have uh, Line 3 running. They've got buses. I mean, there's a ton of things happening in Scarborough. There's a ton of opportunities happening in Scarborough. So that doesn't surprise me in the least. And I, I have more respect, even if they don't share my politics, for someone who will actually go in at a time when a party is low in the the polls, uh, it tells me they actually are interested in public service. Okay, but you've been in government and I haven't, so that's why I'm asking you this. Uh, Beyond sort of the big issues that the parties might fight back and forth on, how much help can a liberal member of provincial parliament right now, given they're not even an official party, how much positive work can that person do for their, their constituency? A ton, because constituency work is the bulk of what MPPs do if they're not in cabinet. In fact, you are better served by a non-cabinet, sometimes non-government representative uh, than you are when your MPP goes off and his or her priority is the Ministry of Health or the Ministry of Finance, far less involved in the community. Okay, so give me an example. What would be the kind of thing if I'm if I lived in Scarborough Guildwood? What what could I expect a liberal MPP to do for me? Well, you know, I think one of the certainly in my time in government, maybe it's changed, but one of the biggest issues that MPPs' offices would deal with are things like worker uh, WSIB claims. Um, getting uh, the other one that was huge was the Family Responsibility Office, ensuring that moms or dads who are supposed to receive support payment are getting them, like actual nuts and bolts things 
that uh, residents who, in particular, don't understand government or maybe new to the country, their MPPs, the person and that person's staff, who guide them through some of these real nuts and bolts issues that matter. It, it means paychecks at the end of the month in a really tangible way. Okay, so the stuff that doesn't make the news but uh, is vital in the lives of ordinary people. Yeah, and I think okay. it can make some noise, too, around those big issues I talked about, like housing, like transit in particular in Scarborough. Auto insurers are telling the owners of hot cars... Don't be confused like Mike was. We mean cars that are desirable <laughs> for theft, like two of your vehicles. Two of my vehicles. Uh, that you have to install anti-theft trackers or you're going to pay up. So it's interesting. I got a text yesterday as I was leaving the uh, station from TD Insurance, which is now my insurer, because okay. my last insurer refused to insure me after the theft of two vehicles. And uh, same thing, you know, got to do this. It used to be, though, that you would get a break on your insurance if you did these things. Or, you know, if you weren't a smoker, you'd have a cheaper rate, for example, on your home insurance. Yeah. Now it's going the opposite way, which I actually think is outrageous. And by the way, we did have a, a secondary um, uh, tracker on our second vehicle and didn't matter at all. They were able to disconnect it or? Yeah. Yeah, okay. they got around it. It took them longer, which you can see on the lovely footage that we have. It took them much longer. And in fact, they thought, oh, maybe we'll go to, you know, Deb's neighbor's car. And they tried it out and, and the whole bit. So we now have a club. Is that all it takes? No, but it makes me feel better. Okay. And, and we park the second car behind the more expensive car. <laughs> I see. I said that I might want to buy a car this fall and maybe I'll just go find an old gremlin. You know, uh, my husband actually said, if this one gets stolen, we're done. We're done. We're, we're going to go to something small and cheap. Yeah. Like a bicycle? Let, we're not going that far, Mike. An electrified scooter? <laughs> I want to see you roll up to the station on an electric scooter. I was say, with the, with the two kids. <laughs> what about a bicycle built for two? <laughs> Yeah, there you go. There's four of us. We need uh, we need two of those, Mike. Yeah, two of them. Yeah, okay, yeah, there's two of them. All right. Well, this feels uh, like a Friday. Yeah, it is a Friday. <laughs> Deb will be back uh, at about eight forty to let us know what will happen through the uh, the show. But at nine fifty this morning, she's talking to Pierre Polyev about crime in this country.